0: Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Albers, and with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? And we got every single line wide open. This is the perfect time to call in. That's
1: right. We can actually spend a lot of time with you and get your questions answered thoroughly for you. Mm-hmm. If you'll go ahead and call in early. But it never seems to fail that <laughs> right toward the end well, of the show, you know, like, we get a stack of last calls. Week,
0: right at the end, I think we had all five lines were lit up. And, yep. of course, we didn't get a chance to answer those calls because we had to get on out of here. But That's it. Just in case that does happen to you. Hopefully it won't, but in case it does.
1: Or maybe you think of something during the week that's and right. would like a answer to a question. Correct. You can send Lewis an email mm-hmm. any time of the day or night, and he'll get it back to you. You can also go to our website right. to get that email address. It's www.agcoauto.com. Right. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Right.
0: Easy way to remember that's It's Altazan's Garage Company. There you go. And, and there's
1: three databases you can search Mm -hmm. depending on the type of answer you're looking for
0: right and you know i just added a new search function or an improved search engine spider type thing that goes through the site and indexes it and that will index every single thing on the site if you look on the very bottom of the page there's a little magnifying glass and if you click on that it will search the entire site if it's written on that site it's going to find it the vehicle questions has their own separate search engine I'm kind of working to try to combine those right now, but since it's two different types of databases, it's not easy to do, so I hadn't gotten quite there yet, so you can still use that search function on the one, but anywhere on that site, that will bring it up. If the words appear on the site, it'll generally bring it up, so go ahead and use that little function unless you have a specific vehicle question. Then go ahead and use the one on vehicle questions. It has its own little search engine.
1: Until everything gets...
0: Yeah, hopefully I will be able to go ahead and combine all those into one single thing. The problem is, I guess, is when you start developing a website, you start using different languages and different types of databases and combining them. It looks like one thing, but it's actually a lot of things put together. And each one has its own protocols and stuff so that when you start doing things like search engines, it works on one, but it doesn't work work on on the the other. other. And there are usually workarounds, but you just have to...
1: Have there. There, yeah, I had to sit there and work on it <laughs> have for a to a
0: there, And me not being a professional programmer, it takes me a little longer, but uh, I'll eventually get there. But pop on in a serious thing, www.agcoauto.com. Just put another article on heaters and air conditioning. And what this talks about is like all the little actuators and stuff that are under the dash.
1: Everything that makes it work.
0: Right. People are not at all familiar with that. And they're having a lot of problems and they're doing a lot of things that are causing more problems and costing them a great deal of money right. by not understanding how those systems work. For instance, the air condition quits working, and the first thing a lot of folks do is go get a friend to hook up one of those little gauges and put some more refrigerant in it. That is the absolute worst possible thing you could do, because now, not only do you still have a blend door actuator that's bad, so it's still not cooling, you just ruin the compressor.
1: Exactly, because so you, the systems...
0: add, you added $1,400 to an already expensive repair right. bill
1: by yeah, doing the wrong and thing. Some of those actuators, you actually have to take the entire dash... Out of a vehicle. You do. All the way down to the you firewalls. To those Some actuators. of them not.
0: Some of them we're able to get in repair, but the point mm-hmm. is it's bad enough to fix the real problem. You and don't then, want to waste a whole bunch of money creating a second problem exactly. and still have the original problem.
1: Well, the older air conditioners took several pounds, right. to, but the new ones are only taking ounces. Right. Right. And so, you overcharge, you know, a couple ounces, you'll have X one overcharged. Stick 12 ounces in
0: there, you're going to blow the compressor off the engine and That's not right. fix the problem at all. So, you might want to read that article. It's real good. It's all about the actuators and how they work, blend doors, mode doors, recirc doors, right. all those kind of things. And lots, lots of pictures on there. It's written in real simple layman's terms. Got pictures of actuators actually broken down where you can see what's inside of them, how they operate. Mm-hmm. But I think it's called air conditioning and heating. and Pop on there and see what you think. I think it'll really enlighten you. Of course, the article on the broken spark plugs in the Ford engine is very, very popular. That's yeah. crawling I, right I on up imagine. the list.
1: <laughs> I can only imagine. Lots
0: and lots of folks are reading that mm-hmm. one. That's another good one. So see what you think. It's www.agcoauto.com, A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. whole lot of good information. Like think you'll really like it. Well, let's go to our phone lines. We've got Mike online. Good morning, Mike. Hey, how you
2: doing? Doing great, good sir. Good morning. We've got a typical vehicle by owned by a little old lady who only drives it on Sunday, 96 uh-huh. with 30,000
0: miles. Okay, roadmaster. yes. Roadmaster. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you think I should have the timing belt? Runs great, no
0: problem, you know. Well, that one doesn't have a timing no. belt. That's got a timing chain, Mike, and it's going to be pretty much good for the life of the car. That's There's right. lots and lots of things you should be concerned with on it, but that would probably be the least of them okay what she really really needs to do is have all the fluids on that car replaced even though you've only got thirty thousand miles the car is 14 years old so those fluids are going to be completely depleted and highly contaminated and attacking the car Mm -hmm. so at a very very minimum what i would want to do would be to change the coolant i want to change the transmission fluid i want to change the rear differential fluid the power steering fluid and the brake fluid okay that's going to save her a whole lot of grief down the road if no damage has already occurred because all those fluids are becoming acidic and moisture laden and they're attacking all the metal in the system. And so you end up having to put a transmission in because old fluid's gotten all thick and nasty. And so that would be the types of things I'd be looking at. Certain things are mileage related and certain things are time related. Like for instance, the spark plugs in that engine probably look like brand new because they're strictly mileage. They can fire so many times per mile, so many miles. So in 30,000 miles, they're still like 30,000-mile plugs. But yeah. stuff like belts and hoses and fluids, they break down over time. Yeah. So yeah, they I've don't care a, about belts the miles.
2: I've, I've had belts and hoses done, but right. I, I
0: had some of the fluids, but yeah. I don't think I've had yeah. them Check straight. all that, because that is going to get real expensive for us if she doesn't address it.
1: Something else you may want to look at, too, is the tires on that yeah, vehicle. Yeah, the age of the tires. Yeah, I,
0: I've already had, I found out found the hard way. They oh. came apart on it. Yep. Yeah, they will do it. Yeah, that happens a lot. We'll get a car and tires look great, right. and one of them comes apart. What made that come apart? Well, it's twelve years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found
1: yeah. that out. Yeah, that, that's Check okay, it. gentlemen. Real appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. Okay, Thanks thank you, well. sir.
0: All right. Bye-bye. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we're going back to the phone lines with Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hey there. Look, I've got a ninety-seven
2: Honda Accord. All right, sir. It's got about one hundred eighty-six thousand miles on uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. I generally change my oil about every three to four thousand miles. Okay. On it. And everything. And, and I was curious when you made the comment that oil depletes. Are you talking about that when you run it so long, the viscosity shifts? Are you talking about the additives are destroyed that's in it to help get some of that?
0: Both and all. What happens with oil, Tom, if you're looking at oxidation of the product, okay, it can go a long, long, long ways. And that all is right. basically what they're looking at. How long does it take this product to oxidize? What they're not taking into account is when you crank that engine up in South Louisiana and it's, say, 80 degrees outside right you got a piece of iron that's 80 degrees you heat it up to say 180 degrees then you shut it off and it starts cooling down what happens is you're going to have condensation in the crankcase the oil is going to pick that condensation up because that's what it's supposed to do it's going to hold it in suspension now admittedly that's parts per million at this point right. however you do that over and over and over and over again and at some point you got two to three percent moisture inside your oil. it okay. starts to attack the metal it's going right through the oil filter because of the liquid you add right. to that the fact that every engine ever has been built, the head gas are going to leak a tiny amount. The intake gas are going to leak a tiny amount. And again, we're talking parts per million, but you're getting a little bit of coolant in the oil, okay? okay? It's going right through the oil filter. Right. You got a little bit of carbon. That's going to get in. You got a little dust, a little dirt. That's going to get in. All these things are going to be in that oil and they're going to go through that oil filter and they're going to wear that engine out. The only way to get those out is a drain and fill. Okay. So the point is, if the idea is to save money on oil changes, then fine, go as long as you can. But if the idea is to avoid changing the rear main seal, avoid changing the valve cover gases that have got hard and brittle, avoid rebuilding the engine, that kind of stuff, then it's just a whole lot cheaper to change it all more frequently.
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you, you have time. a great
0: day. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. And we've got Pat on line. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. I have a 2005 Chevrolet pickup truck. All right, sir. And the check engine light came on. Okay, sir. And
2: I brought it to one of the... Local parts stores, you yes, know sir. where they plug in. Mm-hmm. said it was low
0: on coolant. The reservoir were not low. No, sir. That check engine light that will say it's low on coolant.
1: You can get a high temperature.
0: You can get a high temperature, and you can right. get temperature below expected level, which are right. totally different things.
1: But so, none of them are going to actually tell yeah. you that the coolant is low right. in the vehicle.
0: Right. You got a coolant mm-hmm. level sensor that'll signal that. I'm getting 275. I mean, 175 degrees. Is as high as it's going. Well, it's below well, temperature. Right. That's a
1: whole different Holder. matter.
0: Almost always, that's going to be a thermostat problem. Or right, either a thermostat or, or the sensor itself is bad.
1: Now, something else you need to look at. Why is the coolant low? Right. The coolant is low for a reason. It's got to leak. Well,
0: hollow as a patent. It was about a quart low over a period of the life of the truck. Yeah, that's not too. Drastic, you know, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. You could have a very tiny coolant leak, but that's not going to be your issue here. There is no code that says low coolant. It just doesn't happen. The computer management system strictly checks the electronics of the car. It doesn't check the mechanical parts. There's a sensor that'll tell you if, if the coolant gets low, but that's totally separate from check engine light.
2: If I change the thermostat and the temperature comes up to normal of like mm-hmm. 210, it was normal. For yes, it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Will the check engine the light go off on its own? Or d-
0: it will eventually yep. clear, yes, sir. I guess simpler would be to bring it somewhere and have them clear the code out for you, which is a very, very minimal task. I mean, it takes maybe five minutes, ten minutes to clear that code. But you want to be sure that you got the problem fixed. Right. And you got to remember, when you do clear the code, it's going to clear the what they call the IM test, so you will not be able to get an inspection sticker until all those tests pass again, which is okay. up to a couple of weeks. Sometimes they'll do it in one day, but it's going to take a little while. Don't disconnect the battery. Because wipe out all your adaptive learn. All right. So your vehicle will quit idling right, and it'll start shifting funny and all that stuff. So you, you definitely don't want to do that.
2: Okay. Thank you. Bill. All right, sir.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Remember, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour? We'd love to have you. We're going to take one quick little break, and we'll be
3: right back with more on the Automotive Hour. And that's why cayenne pepper should never be stored in the bathroom. Yeah! Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse show with me, Alphonse the know-it-all Cajun. Hey. Caller, what you want to know?
2: Alphonse. My car needs a new transmission, but I think there might be some other problems looming in the near future. I might as well get a new car, right?
3: Well, here's what I'll recommend. Take it to the pros at Agco Automotive for a general inspection. They know their stuff and they're mighty honest. They'll be able to see if there's any problems likely in the future and tell you your best option. And if you keep your car, bring it into Agco for regular maintenance and you'll be driving it for a long time.
2: Thank you, Alphonse. You do know it all. Say, are you as good looking as you are smart?
3: Well, let's just say, I uh, know you wouldn't be disappointed. Booyah! Learn more about the benefits of Agco at agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. Agco, it's the place to go.
0: Just join us as the Automotive Hour. I'm your host Lewis Aldezan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and just give us a call? We're going back to the phone lines with Bruce. Good morning, Bruce.
2: Good morning. How you doing? Doing
0: Good
1: morning.
2: I wanted to ask about changing a battery in an an 07 GMC pickup. Yes, sir. Is there any special procedure to changing the battery? Because you recommend changing them every three years? I do. It really makes good sense. Yes, sir.
0: What I like to do, Mr. Bruce, is to jump across that battery with a jumper battery to keep the system live, and that way I don't lose all my adaptive learn and I don't lose all that IM test and everything. A little bit difficult to do at home. In the shop, we've got a battery pack that we can just hook across it. But if you can figure a way where you can keep battery power on the system, you just got to be kind of careful. Cause if you touch those leads to something, you know, you get a spark. If you're careful, that actually is the best way to do it. Okay. Now what happens a lot on the later model GMC and Chevrolet trucks, the throttle body gets dirty over time and the computer adapts to it. So it runs just fine. But when you disconnect the battery, it loses idle function. And it can't relearn it because the throttle body's dirty and the blade's no longer closing completely up. So people get them towed in because they won't run after they change the battery. <laughs> so that's one thing you got to kind of watch out for that you could totally avoid if you can keep the battery power up in the truck.
1: That truck has remote cable bolt mm-hmm. for the battery. To jump little across. little battery box down beside the engine on the side of the alternator. A little red box. Mm-hmm. You can hook the auxiliary battery there, or you can actually find, if you can get to the alternator real easily, Pull the little boot off, and there's a big cable that goes straight from the battery to the alternator. Right, right. And you can jump there. Gives you a place to jump. Anything to keep the battery voltage in the system. While you're taking the battery now, in and out of the vehicle.
0: one thing, too, Mr. Bruce, I just mentioned this. I know at Agco, we don't even charge it to install a battery. We just charge it for the battery itself. And I can say you a Delco battery, same price you can buy it anywhere else. So, unless you just like doing it yourself, bring it to us, we'll put it in for it and no charge anyway. And then preserve all your memory and everything for you.
2: Well, I need to go over there and get a... It's just about
0: out of warranty. Mm-hmm. And I wanna, want you all to check it out. Yeah, do a pre-warranty yeah. expiration inspection. Right. Yep. Yeah, good idea.
1: Very uh, good idea. How
0: long ahead of time do I need to call for that? Tell you what, I would call Monday first thing because we're here all this week. I know we've already got a lot on the books, but we're closed all next week for Thanksgiving break. So call Lane Monday morning first thing, and, and I can get you in next week with no problem. Yeah, well, it, it expires January 31st. Oh, you got some time, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As long as you call me three or four days ahead, that's generally good. Oh, okay. All righty. And I might just go ahead and get you all to change the battery, too. Well, it'd be a lot easier, and like I said, it won't cost you any more. All righty. All righty. Good deal. Thanks, all right. Thank you. right. Bye-bye you want to be part of the automotive hour? We'd love to have you. And we've got Scotty on the line. Good morning, Scotty. Good morning.
1: Good morning. I
0: got a friend that was a co-worker. Uh-huh. He wouldn't had his
2: all change. He had Mercedes. Okay. And they claim that the the company that they brought her to had it done has like an all pump that they'll put a, a line yes, inside
0: mm-hmm. the thing and Sucked you know filter it, we'll it out. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. I've seen that done. Do you recommend, he says you could buy a machine like that yourself. Do you, can. you recommend those? I don't because that takes a lot of the oil out, but it doesn't get all of it out. And what happens is that the worst contaminants are at the very bottom of the pan. And those are the ones you can't get to. That's where all the sludge is going to collect. Where those came out is the quick glue place were having a lot of trouble because they had untrained people stripping drain plugs and leaving drain plugs loose. So in order to circumvent that, they came out with these little evacuation machines, which are faster and easier for them. Doesn't do you any good, but it, just, it saves them a problem. But no, I would not ever do that. What I do is run the car until it's up to full temperature and then come back and drain it then, even though it's more inconvenient to do it with the engine hot. But that way, all the oil all all is thinned out. It's going to run out. Take the plug out and let it sit and drip for about 10 minutes if you can. Just let it sit there and root, because that's when all the worst contaminants are coming out. It's right there. The longer it can sit there and drip, that's when all the sludge and everything else is getting out of that engine. Then go ahead and put it back in and come up the right way from there.
2: Great. Thank you. I Alrighty. was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. are you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. we'd love to have you. And we've got Charles online. Good morning, Charles. Hi,
2: Lewis. Hey, Good man. morning. I've got a 2000 Buick LeSabre. Okay. And last week I had a tire changed on it because the road hazard. Okay. And ever since then, I've getting the checked tire pressure mm-hmm, light okay, comes right. on. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I've checked the tire pressures and everything. Yes, sir. It still
0: comes on. What likely could have happened, Ms. Charles, let's see, on a 2000 model. 2000, yeah. Yeah, they may have damaged the sensor in the wheel when they mounted the tire. That's pretty easy to do because it's a plastic sensor. It's attached to the valve stem. And when they break that tire down, if that blade on the tire mounter just touches that sensor, it's pretty much going to break it. Mm. If you trust the folks who did it, I'd take it back to them and have them check it and see if you don't trust that they're going to tell you the truth. Then I'd take it somewhere else and have it checked. And then I'd bring the broken sensor back to them. Just depends on how trustworthy they are, and I don't want to get into so names the, or anything. The sensor is right on the rim. It is it's
2: part of
1: the a, valve stem. Part
0: of the valve stem, oh, at the base of the valve stem,
1: but and, inside the tire.
0: And it's, it's made out of plastic, and it's very, very easy to damage when you're mounting a tire if you're not extremely careful. Oh, uh, we okay. get them in all the time with that problem. Really? And if that tire, the tire tool hits it, or even if they put the tire in the wrong place and it pops up and, and hits it, it will break the sensor. And as soon as it does, it's going to kick that light on to let mm. you know there's a problem. Pretty simple to check. We could actually put a scan tool on there without even breaking the tire down and see if we've got no signal from that wheel. We know that's what it is. Okay.
2: Well, I guess that's probably it then because I've got the tires, the pressure all it. even. Yes, on sir. All right. right.
0: Mm-hmm. So. That probably is it. Yes, sir.
2: Okay, then. Well, thank you. Louis. All right, Mr. Charles. Thank you. Sure. Bye-bye. All
0: right. You are a part of the automotive. fire. we would love to have you. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? We got Cody online. Good morning, Cody. Good morning. Yes, Good sir. morning. I was. have a question. I drive a 2000 F-150 okay. with
2: a V6. Yes, sir. When I turn the AC on, not like I need AC
0: right, right now, right. but I get a vibration, and when I cut the air off, uh-huh. the vibration goes away. Yes, sir. The vibration is most likely going to be the air conditioning compressor. When you say it's vibrating, Cody, do you mean at an idle it vibrates, or does it vibrate going down the road? At an idle. Okay, what could be the problem? It could be something as simple as the idle control servo or the throttle body is dirty. And when you turn the AC on, that compressor is pulling about 40 horsepower away from that motor, which is going to bog it down. And there's a little part in there called an idle servo, which is supposed to pick the speed back up. If the idle servo is slow or the throttle body is dirty, it's going to cause the idle to drop, and it's going to start idling real rough, which will cause vibration. That's by far the most common thing. When you the turn it off. The air
2: control valve?
0: Yes, sir. That would be part of it, but it may or may not be the valve itself. It could also be the throttle body is dirty. Okay. All righty? Okay. And, and um, just if you got a tack in the truck, a tachometer? No, sir. Okay. What you need to do is attach a tachometer to the truck, put it with the AC off, Turn the AC on and see if the RPM drop down, because they shouldn't. It ought to hold a, a steady idle, because the idle motor ought to pick it right back up again. If it does not, then it could be the idle motor's bad or the throttle body's dirty.
3: Okay. was listening earlier, and I just
2: wanted to comment uh, when y'all was talking about the newer vehicles yes, to sir.
0: back it up to hold the memory. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You can attach, like, a jumper to the cigarette lighter. Yes, uh, sir. Those are... Right. Those work pretty well. The only thing you got to watch mm. is if any kind of a major, like if somebody opens the door or something where the lights come on, it'll kill that real quick because it's just a little bit of jumper battery. But, yeah, those are a lot better than nothing at all. You just got to be a little careful with them. Okay, no. All righty. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you, Cody. Bye-bye. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Robert on the line. Good morning, Robert. How are you this morning? Doing great, sir. Good morning. We got an 06 Mercury marquee. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. When you mash the brakes, the pedal is spongy. It's more spongy now than it's ever been, Robert, or it's always been spongy?
2: Always been sort of spongy.
0: Well, the reason I'm asking is that car does not have a real high and hard pedal like a lot of cars do. If you're used to driving something else and you get in it, you're going to say, man, something's wrong with the brakes. If you drive it a good bit, you're going to just adapt to it. and you're gonna. To... It's not bad brakes. They stop really good, but they just don't have a real high, hard pedal like, say, a Chevy pickup or something does.
2: Okay, so so those, if you it, go from
0: a Chevy pickup to that car, you're going to think something's wrong with the brakes.
2: Yeah, mobile to that
0: car. Right. What we get a lot is the husband's got a Suburban, the wife's got a Grand Marquis or Crown Vic or Lincoln Town car. Husband jumps in the wife's car and says, man, something's wrong with your brakes. She says, oh, they're fine. they like it. always been like that. Well, know something's wrong with them. So then they bring the car and you check and there's nothing wrong. It's just the nature of that pedal. It will stop very well. It's got a hard pedal and all that, but it just goes down a lot further than what a lot of other vehicles do. Okay. And it's just kind of the way that they are. Okay. All righty. So it's just the Pretty, All right. Pretty much. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. I remember you were only part of the automotive hour. We used to get a lot of complaints on that. We don't get as many anymore.
1: No, but we used to.
0: Yeah, people would always. And like I say, it was generally the husband had a suburban or something, and he hops in his wife's town car, and he notices the pedal's a little lower. And you think something's wrong. Right. If she never noticed it, because that's the way it's always been. And it stops good. It's just a different it feel. It's different feel, yeah. We don't see it quite as much. I guess people are kind of getting used to it over the years. Let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Joe in line. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. There's a question about the wheel
2: sensor, the air pressure wheel sensor. Okay, yes, uh-huh. sir. If they're bad, do you, can you replace them? Or you
0: have to replace the whole wheel? No, no, well, no you, you no, can replace just them. the sensor. You can replace the, the Oh, yes, sensor? yes, sir, absolutely. You have to,
1: to actually take the, rent, the tire off of the rim and the valve stem has a nut on the outside you undo the nut and the whole stem and the sensor drop out of the rim you put the new one in put the nut back on it remount the tire rebalance the tire properly put it back on the vehicle some vehicles you actually have to do a relearn a program well
0: on a toyota you have to actually go you have to program it in it's got a number on that sensor that you have to key into the computer because it has five individual sensors and it knows the ip address on each one so you have to actually write that number down and go in and program that into the computer. Okay. So that,
1: like like Lewis said, that's a five-channel. Yeah. It actually checks the spare, checks the spare also. checks spare as
0: well on, on your yeah. Toyota. I, I mm-hmm. have one of them. I don't know which one it is. They all have pressure in them, but one of them is bad. The yes, sir. and check your spare tire too, Joe, because that you fools a lot did. of people. Okay. Yeah. One of them's out. I mean, if you bring it in, we can take and put a scan tool. We've got a Toyota scan tool. It'll tell you which one is not reading, and it's just a matter of isolating the bad one, replacing it, and reprogramming.
1: Okay. All right. I'll All right. I'll handle that
0: with you. Okay, gentlemen. All right, thanks. Thank you, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Jack online. line. Good morning, Jack.
2: Lewis, I have a question. I, I heard just part of uh, what your discussion a few minutes ago uh-huh. about the, the coolant. Yes, sir. I have a 2001 Lincoln Continental. Yes, sir. It's got about 90,000 miles mm-hmm. on it. About every three months or so, my light comes on and says
0: low coolant. Okay.
2: And I have looked, I have, I have it parked on the carport.
0: Yeah. Is the coolant mine. actually low jack when that comes on or is it still full?
2: Well, I, it's
0: down. Okay, if it's down, then we got to leak somewhere.
2: Well, I've, I've checked and checked. I yeah. can't find any evidence well, of anything well, leaking. The there, there's That's lots of places those can leak.
0: leak. One of the most common places on that particular car, the intake manifold is made out of plastic, and uh-huh. they had a lot, a lot of trouble with those intakes leaking. And what'll happen is that the intake will leak in the back corner. It'll run down top of the transmission. Since that transmission is 175 degrees, it evaporates that water before it ever hits the ground. Oh okay. that was so common that Ford actually was under a consent order. They went. A lot of people sued them in a class action suit, and they had to actually. It wasn't a recall, but it was a, a class action suit. However, that's ended. It was only for seven years. So, car is now eight, almost nine years old. So that's ended on it. But I wouldn't be surprised that that wasn't where it was leaking. Now, it's pretty important, Jack, to get that in and let's get it looked at Uh because a lot of times there's a a little fitting in the back heater that goes into that plastic intake, Uh and it splits right by that little fitting. And what'll happen, you'll be driving along at the absolute worst possible place out of town somewhere, and boom, that fitting will blow out. When it does, it'll pump every bit of water out of that car in about five minutes, and the temperature will peg over on you and you're in trouble. Oh, I see. So best to get it changed now while you can pick and choose how you want to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: The fix is normally going to be to replace the intake. Now, if that's not it, we can find it. We can actually add a fluorescent dye to the coolant,
1: Uh and then we
0: can go over it with a black light, and no matter where it's at, I can find it. Yeah. Okay. All That's good news. Thank All right, you. sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Remember, you want to be part of the Automotive I'll, We'd love to have you. Ken and Dwayne, hang on. You guys will be straight up after this break.
3: And that's why Justin Bieber should never, I repeat, never be cloned. Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse Show with me, Alphonse the know-it-all Cajun. Hey! Caller, what you want to know?
0: Alphonse, my six-year-old car needs about $2,500 worth of work, a new AC, and tires. You think I should do it or invest in a new car?
3: So how much you paid for it six years ago? $40,000. Well, now it's valued at about $10,000, so it costs you 30000 to drive it the last six years. That's $5,000 a year. Well, let's say you keep the car and spend about 2500 on repairs every couple of years, which is about 1200 a year. Way less than a new car, huh?
0: Whoa, sounds like I need to keep my old
3: car. Then bring it to Agco Automotive for regular maintenance, and it will last you even longer.
0: Now that sounds like a good investment. Hey, Al, you got any stock market
3: tips? Oh, for that, you got to tune to my other show, Al's Financial Hour. Booyah! Learn more about the benefits of Agco at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. com. Agco, it's the place to go.
0: Of our, I'm your host Lewis Albazan with Mister Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and just give us a call, and we'll be glad to try to help you out and put you in the right. i hey. no state of mind, but I don't know about that. <laughs> put you in the right direction. There you go. We got Dwayne online. Good morning, Dwayne. Good morning. How are you doing, Dwayne? Doing great, sir. Good morning. All right, I got an old car,
2: okay. but and a couple of small problems, of which one of y'all probably already answered. It's since it's a 1988 Honda Accord. Okay. Yes, sir. And it has a, it it leaks radiator fluid somewhere. I'm not sure where because I don't find any anywhere, but every, I don't know, month or so, I'm about a quarter too low.
0: Yeah. See, that's the problem, Dwayne, that people tend to ignore that you absolutely cannot afford to ignore. When you're losing coolant, a number of things are happening. Not the least problematic is as the coolant runs out, air goes in and it starts to corrode the inside of that system severely. The worst possible thing you can do is add water to it. So at very least, if you can't get it fixed immediately, you need to get pre-mixed coolant and put it. Because you start adding water, you dilute all your cool, your corrosion protection, and you'll end up with a car that can't be fixed. Now, gotcha. to get to your problem, uh, most of the time on a Honda car, when it's leaking and you can't find it, it's the water pump leaking that's under the timing cover. So you can't see it. Now, what it's going to do is that water is going to run down on the inside of the engine block, and it's going to evaporate before it ever gets out. Just, but, I just I had my timing belt changed mm-hmm. just recently, and they checked the water pump just for that reason. Okay,
3: and said it was not leaking; it was in great shape.
0: Well, if it's not leaking there, then the other thing I would think of possibly a freeze plug is leaking on it. If not that, the next step would be something like a head gasket is leaking somewhat, and is you might check and see if you're getting any dripping out of your tailpipe or anything like that. Okay. Uh, Car will still run pretty good, although it may overheat at times. We've got a head gasket blowing on it. But Honda's it's a common. Overhe- it's never overheated either. Yeah, it can do it without overheating. though if it's just leaking from the coolant jacket into the cylinder, you can lose a fair amount of water over time, and it'll be the devil to find. The only other thing I could think of would be one of the core plugs rusted out slightly, and the water is just wicking right. out on the side of the <laughs> engine block and evaporating before it hits the ground. Right. The way that I would go about trying to find that. First, do a pressure test. If we couldn't find it with a pressure test, we put fluorescent dye in the coolant, and that way we could see where it was coming out because it would leave a trace. You, know, you could find with a black light.
3: Okay.
2: The, the, the second thing I had is when I'm sitting at idle, mm-hmm. uh, it will sit there and kind of bob up and down. Boom, boom.
0: And it doesn't go high and low, I mean, real high. Yes, sir. Instead of going at it, say thousand rpms it drops down to 800 up to 1200 right right yeah. that was kind of a honda thing they used to do that good bit back then there was several things that could cause it any type of a vacuum leak can cause that problem also there's a little set screw on the side of the throttle body that looks like an idle adjustment but it's not if anybody ever fooled with that that will make it do that real bad that little set screw is strictly there to keep the throttle blade from closing all the way and sticking and it's supposed to be cracked very slightly to prevent that, but it's not an idle adjustment at all. If that okay. idle adjustment is opened up, what will happen is that you're getting too much unmetered air through the throttle body. So it's gonna speed up, and as soon as PCM sees it, the idle valve is gonna shut it back. So it's gonna surge up and down, up and down, up and down. So I would probably start with checking that, see if you can clean the throttle body, back that little valve, that little screw back all the way out, and then just barely, barely into it, just barely cracks that throttle blade. After you do that, disconnect the battery, let it die down, and then you gotta relearn the idle on it. Okay. What that means is you're gonna have to put it, let it sit there and idle on its own first for about a minute, then put it in drive, let it idle for about a minute, then turn the AC on, let it idle for about a minute, and then drive it down road for a minute or two, and then after that, it'll relearn its idle, and that will probably fix it. If not, then you got a vacuum leak somewhere in it. That's cool. Thank you very much, fellas. Alrighty. Appreciate it. Okay, Dwayne. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, if you want to be part of the Automotive I we'd love to have you. And we got Ken online. Good morning, Ken.
1: Hey, listen, So I've got a 09 Nissan Xterra, about uh-huh. my daughter, yes sir. a teenager, and the light comes on. It shows that the pressure in the tires, you know, is down. Yes, sir. I, I go around, I, you know, I check them, I fill it up. And it takes a while, it seems to be okay. Then the next day, it's right back again. Now,
0: I realize that the first thing you think of is the tires are losing air. Mm-hmm. Brand new car, brand spec, a new car. Mm-hmm. I've checked it. I don't seem to be losing the air. But tires I mean, are always full when you check them, Ken? You say full. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they're up see, at spec, whatever spec is on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have my own air mm-hmm. pump and I'm able to keep it up and I'm not sure if it's a sensor or- Could what, very
0: well be. Yes, sir. Also, you might just check, Ken, on the spare tire. Some of those also monitor the spare tire, and people don't don't seem to think about checking that one. And the spare tire is slightly low. It's going to keep kicking it on intermittently when it it checks that. So check that first. If it's not the spare tire, you should still be under warranty. I'd just bring that one back in, have them check those sensors. Could be you got a defective sensor.
1: All right, real quick, second question. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for buying a two- or three-year-old Lexus. Now, the difficulty,
2: you know, that I've had recently thinking about that is you hear all these stories about this thing taking off, just
1: accelerating, you know, at high speed. Any thoughts about that? I mean, with uh, all you?
0: Ken, that was totally, totally, totally blown out of proportion, <clears throat> in my opinion. What they're talking about is the floor mats were not anchored down probably as well as they could have been. it got a couple little hooks that holds it down. But what can happen, getting in, getting out of the car, The Floor mat can become dislodged from that little hook. And if you sit there and you keep pushing the mat up, pushing the mat up, pushing the mat up, it can wad up under the throttle and or uh, gas pedal and cause it to accelerate. I mean, I think that's, I guess it's just part of society we live in today. But number one, I mean, geez, pull the mat back down and hook it yeah. again, you know?
1: Well, now, how long do we drive vehicles without hooks in the mat?
0: Right, for 100 Forever. years, you know? Yeah. I mean, and people talk about, well, the car took off and it, for 10 minutes it was, well, reach on and turn the key off. I mean, come yeah. on, man, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, you still got okay. vacuum in the brakes. Yeah, the you guy, still got at least driving, two good be- brake pedal stops.
0: Driving 100 miles an hour, losing control for, for 10 minutes. He didn't think to just reach over and turn the switch off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could break it. The yeah. brakes will bring that car down from 100 miles an hour, even at full engine power. You got about 200 horsepower of, of go and about 4,000 horsepower stopping force with four disc brakes. I mean, you're gonna, you can drag that car down. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, that is not anything I would even... I mean, I've driven Lexus myself, driven Toyotas all my life, and... I would not even remotely let that influence, let that that, influence my decision right. one way or another. I think I was totally, totally blown out of proportion. I got you. I got you. Gosh, thanks a lot. Great. Right. You're great welcome. Program. Thank you, sir. Thank Bye-bye. You. All right. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we've got Mickey's been patiently holding. Good morning, Mickey.
2: Hey, Lewis. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Good. Look, I've got a 97 Ford Taurus okay. that has been sitting up for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's a high-mileage engine. Yes, sir. And first thing I wanted to ask you is all of the fluids have been sitting in that thing for that, yes, that length of time. Mm-hmm. And would it, it's got 135,000 on yes, it. Sir. And it's the Ford, I understand they, they run a 5W-30 weight oil in that thing?
0: Uh, yes, sir. That would have been five thirty at least. Yeah, 97 would be 5W-30. Yeah. Okay. All
2: right. And would you recommend using that high-mileage oil
0: they make No, now? no, absolutely not. No, I'd put 5W-30, good grade, whatever oil you've been using. I don't like changing oil brands, particularly on older cars, huh? because a lot of times different oil types, even going from, say, Quaker State to Castrol can cause a problem, even with the same viscosity.
2: Okay. And
0: changing viscosity can really cause a problem. Well, I
2: have a problem in that I don't know what was in
0: it. Yeah, well, then you just got to pick one and stay with it and right. hope for the best. But when you change all see, all of your major oils are good. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Havoline or Exxon or Mobil or they're all good, it's just they're not all compatible because they all use different additive packages. So okay. you're best off to find one and just stay with it. But I would definitely go with the regular 5W30. All that high mileage stuff, that is absolutely nothing but marketing, just something to sell people. Okay. The engine doesn't care how many miles got on. It's designed to run that type of oil for the life of the car. Okay. One more question. Sure. I've got a
2: check engine light on this thing and my daughter brought it to a shop and and they said it had to do with the EGR or the EGR vacuum controller. And it also had something to do with the catalytic converter. I don't know if that's the O2 sensor or what. Could be. uh, uh, Allegedly they replaced the EGR valve and the EGR vacuum controller.
0: Probably in the wrong shop. Uh, Okay. Because they need to diagnose that problem. Most of the time, Ford's are notorious for setting EGR codes. Most of the time, it is not the EGR valve, and a shop that does that right off the bat usually doesn't know what the heck they're doing. Generally, the light's going to pop on a week later. Yep. More often, it's going to be a bad connection. It's going to be a bad differential pressure EGR feedback sensor, or it's going to be a plugged-up EGR passageway. So what you got is somebody who's going to throw parts at it. I wouldn't use them anymore. I get that to somebody who knows what they're doing, just because it costs too much to just waste money on maybes. you know it's way cheaper to diagnose the real problem fix it right the first time be done with it but i would be changing all those fluids out in that car too before you drive it a whole lot okay they're like transmission too
1: absolutely yeah yeah i
0: I change all the fluids in it
1: i drain the gas tank too
0: yeah that or if nothing else go ahead and fill it with fresh fuel and drive it and then fill it half tank in or get the half tank fill it again and try to drive it a whole lot to get all that gas out of there because what's in there is gonna be varnished up
2: okay let me ask you one more thing what would you charge to take a look
0: at the engine light now we charge the same for everything we do. It's $85 an hour, and we charge you only for the amount of time we spend. So if it's 10 minutes, it's $8.50. If it's half-hour, it's $42.50. If it's an hour, it's $85. Just time spent on the thing. Most problems like that can be diagnosed in an hour or less.
2: Okay. So I need to call you and make an appointment?
0: You yes, better sir. because if you just drop in, they will stick you in the next available spot, but sometimes we got a lot, a lot of cars there, so it may be a couple of days. Now, if you're not in a real big rush to get the car back, it don't matter. Just bring it in and drop it off. Okay. All righty. Thank you, Lewis. Yes, sir. Thank okay, you. Man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. If you you're only part of the Automotive Hour, and we've got Jesse on the line. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning. Yes, Good sir. morning, sir. I've got a 99 Chevrolet half-ton pickup. Okay, sir. 350 with the four-speed
2: transmission. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. It idles at about 600 RPM. Okay. But every now and then, the idle will go up to 1,000. Yes, sir. And it'll just idle along at 30 miles an
1: hour.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was pretty common back in that era. That was probably an old throttle body engine.
1: Ninety nine no, that was the Vortech. No Vortec. Okay. That's the Vortec.
0: They had a lot of idle concerns back around that time for some reason. Chevrolet actually updated their software several yeah. times to try to fix that problem. I'm not sure they ever got it a hundred percent, but for some reason it idles fine for five or six, ten years and all of a sudden it starts idling up.
2: Mm-hmm and Well it does it have Every now and, yeah, and then. Yeah, I know. Right. I know.
0: And and okay. I'm not sure Chevrolet even knows why they do that. The first fix that I would do, I would look at it and make sure that everything's working okay. You, know, you don't have any vacuum leaks or anything like that. I'd probably mm-hmm. clean the throttle body. Go mm-hmm. ahead and flash the computer to the latest and greatest update and see if that doesn't take care of it. But yeah, okay. I have chased that problem before, and it's, it's kind of weird. They idle fine for the first 100,000 miles, and all of a sudden they start idling up, and you just can't get them down after that. Right, is it? Not a big problem, especially on a standard transmission. If it was automatic, you'd have to worry because it would be slamming in the gear, but with a standard, it's not a big deal. Well, it's an automatic, but
2: it, it doesn't slam the gear.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would probably bring it in. Let's flash the computer and clean the throttle by. That doesn't cost a whole lot. It may very well fix your problem. Mm-hmm. He's doing it anyway. It's going to bring you all the updates that you've missed since 99. So, I mean, I'd probably go that far, but I don't think I'd go much further than that. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Right, if you want to be part of the automotive fire, we're going to take one more quick little break. Joe and Mike, hang on. You guys will be straight
3: up after the break. And that's why you never put a dead or live octopus in the microwave. Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse show with me, Alphonse the know-it-all Cajun. Hey! Caller, what you want to know? Alphonse, my old truck needs some repairs. Or should I buy a new one to save money? Well, let me get out my calculator here. Let's say a new truck costs about $35,000 3500 or so in taxes, then hire insurance... And you know, in about three years, the value is going to drop to about 15000 That's $8,000 a year just to drive it. Wow, I've never thought of it like that. I suggest taking it to Agco Automotive for a general inspection to see if your old truck is worth keeping, which I think it is. And if so, keep bringing it to Agco for regular maintenance, and you'll be able to drive it for a whole lot longer. And I can spend money on other things, like my beautiful wife. I'm assuming she's right there in the room with you, huh? Alphonse, you do know it all, don't you? Booyah! Learn more about the benefits of AGCO at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. AGCO, it's the place to go.
0: Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis and president of AGCO Automotive. Got Mr. Brian Terry, our lead tech here with me in the co-pilot seat. So, hey, between the two of us, we'll answer any questions you might have. We're just about out of time for today, but we're gonna catch as many of these calls as we can. We got Mike online. Good morning, Mike.
3: Hey, how you doing? Doing great, sir.
0: Good
1: morning.
3: I got a 1990 Celica GT. Okay. You know, I've had three mechanics look at it, Mm -hmm. and nobody
1: seems to be able to tell me what's going on with it or what's causing the problem. It's burning a ton of gas changed the map sensor, mm-hmm. the computer, they've checked the timing and readjusted the timing. We put a tune-up kit on it. Yeah. They've checked the fire, done everything, but...
0: But fix the problem. I'll had- <laughs> <laughs> well, tell burning- you for absolutely sure, absolutely none of those things you did is going to affect gas mileage one way or the other.
1: Right, well, it's burning a ton of gas, yep. and it's emitting yep. uh, Check a lot of...
0: thermostat, see what the operating temperature is on the engine.
1: Yeah, it's not running hot.
0: Nope, didn't say run mm-hmm. hot, so what's the operating temperature on the engine? Okay. If it's running coal, it's going to double-fire the injectors, and it's going to burn a ton of gas. So you got to have that engine up around 200 degrees. If it's running 180, 160, 175 degrees, it's going to drink gas. It's also going to ruin the engine, so you need to get that checked first off. If it's actually getting to full temperature, check the sensor going to it because it may not know it's at full temperature. Okay. That would be the very first thing you need to look at. And you need to get it away from wherever you're going because they, they don't know squat. All the stuff you named off, ain't none of that going to affect gas mileage. Okay. Now, what about so, a bunch of people keep telling me catalytic converter. You didn't that's, listen to what I said, did you, Mike? Yeah, I did. I'm <laughs> just sure that's not one of the things. No. Well, you may have a bad catalytic converter. You've been dumping gas in it because that will definitely wipe the converter right. out. But, again, that's not going to cause the gas mileage to be off. you got another problem. Most likely the engine's running too cold.
1: All right, I appreciate it. Uh, all righty. It. All right, thank, thank you, much. sir.
0: Bye-bye. All right, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. we got Joe in line. Good morning, Joe.
1: Hey, Lewis. How hey, you, man, Joe? I'm doing
0: Good great. Morning. I don't know if
2: you can help me with this. i got a 98 Allegro bus. Yes, sir. My speedometer the other day, I was coming back from
0: a trip, and it started just bouncing back and forth, erratic. Okay. Joe, what year model is it? The 98.
3: 98. Diesel.
0: It probably has an electronic speedometer in that thing, I would think, on a 98. Mm -hmm. Most likely, the control head in the speedometer is bad. It's got a little servo motor that actually runs that control head. Mm -hmm. I would suspect probably the control head is bad. One way to kind of sort of verify that, try your cruise control and see if the cruise still works.
2: I never tried it.
0: Yeah, try the cruise. (laughs) If the cruise will engage and lock in, then you know your sensor and all is probably okay.
1: Right.
3: Okay.
0: And if the cruise still works, then chances are a speedometer head. If the cruise does not work, more likely it's going to be the sensor or something feeding into it. Okay. But it's going to be one of those two. And like I said, those speedometers can actually be rebuilt on there, Joe. What you'd have to do is to pull it out and send it off to one of the places that rebuild them, and they would repair that for you and send it back, and you could put it back in. It's not not a real tough job. Do what? It's not a real tough job. pull it out? Yes, sir. Okay, and i got to send it off. You don't do that? No, sir. That's a specialty all its own. There are a number of people around the country that do it. If you go and just Google speedometer repair or something like that, mm-hmm. it'll bring up a couple hundred of them. Just pick the one you think is the best. They do a pretty fair job. I've seen a lot of them done.
2: Okay, so if the cruise works,
0: It's more likely going to be the speedometer head. Okay. All righty. Thank you. All right, Joe. Bye-bye. All right, I want to tell everybody how much I appreciate them listening this morning. Or you know, just in case something does occur to you during the week and you didn't get a chance to get your call out. After- That's right.
1: You can always visit our website. It's www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Easier to remember that. It's Altazan's Garage Company. Right. There's a database. You can search the, the entire site for a particular question mm-hmm. or a certain topic. Right. There's also a contact bar. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night, and he'll get it back to you. With the correct return address
0: right and of course we've got the vehicle question section which has its own little search function i think it's 600 and something of those are in there right now so chances are you may find probably an answer find what, to you're, what looking for. you're looking for and those also link to the detailed topics which give you more information for instance if you typed in say how do i know when my brakes are worn out it's going to give you a quick answer but then it would link to another To an article. Section. It gives you an article with a ton more information. The detailed topics give you just a lot of real involved information, more than you may want to read if you're looking for a quick answer. Right. So that's why we have both different databases on there. The detailed topics is where the real information is at. For instance, if you want to know about oil filters, that's something we get a lot of calls about. What kind of oil filter should I be using on my car? Right. What's a good oil filter? Boy, there's one on there all about oil filters, and it will tell you tons of information, shows some oil filters cut open, shows you... Why we recommend the original equipment filter. It has a picture of a big name brand filter and it's cut open. You can real easily see the differences right there with your own eyes. So that's one of them. Of course, there's many, many of them on there. There's articles on transmission service, proper transmission service, the difference between a flush, why you don't want a flush, why you want a proper transmission service. Mm-hmm. There's articles on all changes, why you don't want to go five, six, seven thousand miles on all change. Right.
1: Everything that's involved in an oil change.
0: I also just put one, I just updated one, and it's called Run to Fail. And that's the maintenance program that a lot of folks are following where they just drive the car until it fails.
1: Until it quits running.
0: And why that just costs you so much more money than a good preventive maintenance program. That's
1: that's an excellent article to read.
0: One of the things I put on there is a photograph of a junkyard. As far as your eye can see, cars just strung out. And a lot of them are fairly late model cars and they hadn't been wrecked. Right. But there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars sitting there in a junkyard. These are cars that folks paid $10,000, 20000 $40,000 for right. that are now sitting in a junkyard that could be getting them down the road. And the difference is just a total lack of maintenance. A lot of these problems they actually brought on themselves by not maintaining the car exactly so pop on there and see what you think www.agcoauto.com www.agcoauto, I think you'll really like it we're gonna get on out of here I hope everybody enjoyed the show today
1: very, very much
0: Aaron just want to let everybody know that preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry have a great weekend